Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of Reach is brought to you by our sponsor, Jackie, another secret weapon that executive assistants and women who do it all need to know about. You guys all know that feeling, right? Staring at your closet and thinking to yourself, I have so many clothes and yet nothing to wear. That is why Jackie is here. Jackie is a high-end boutique subscription styling service that you apply to join. What I love about Jackie is you get to develop a relationship with your stylist. Your stylist is someone you can text or call or email with specific wardrobe needs or ideas you have. Or maybe there's an upcoming event or trip or meeting or even a wedding that your ex is going to be at that you really, really, really want to look fantastic for. Those are exactly the types of scenarios a Jackie subscription can help with. Each box from Jackie is filled with high quality clothing and accessories. Jackie is here to help all of us embrace our style and our confidence. This is subscription styling done right for the women who do it all. So apply to join Jackie and fall in love with your style this year. Visit shopjackie.com to apply to join and be sure to tell your stylist Maven sent you with code MAVEN20 for 20% off all the items kept in your first box. Welcome to Reach, your platform to connect with other executive assistants and acquire game-changing knowledge and perspective. Reach is designed to inspire your workday, guide you through pivotal moments in your career, and transform you into the executive assistant you've always wanted to be. Hello and welcome to Reach. Today we are in the studio with Ligaya Feeler, who is the Senior Executive Assistant at SurveyMonkey. Ligaya is going to walk us through how we as executive assistants should think about establishing good habits with our executives from the get-go so that we can create an effective partnership for the long term. Ligaya has worked as an executive assistant at SurveyMonkey, which is an online survey development cloud-based software company, for almost two years now, and was just recently promoted to senior EA. And Ligaya has happily shared with us that she's been in the really fortunate position of having had really positive, meaningful, supportive relationships with all of her executives throughout her career, which I think is really something incredibly unique. So today we're excited to learn how she's been able to achieve those uh, types of lasting and um, effective partnerships, and she's going to tell us how she's done it and how we can do it. So welcome to Reach. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So maybe just to kind of start us off here, you could talk to us about, you know, what an effective, what you consider to be an effective habit or an effective um, relationship. Uh, let's maybe start by defining that um, so that we can kind of think about, well, if that's sort of the aspirational thing that we're, that we're trying to get to and that's the place we want to get to, what does it actually look like in your mind when you have achieved an effective partnership? Yeah, well, first, I think an effective habit or really just defining habit is mm-hmm. the way I do something. And I also think that habit could mean consistency. Mm-hmm. So it's the consistency and how I do my job and how I help my manager or boss at the time do her best job. Um, I think 
an effective like habit and relationship with her means me being reliable. Mm-hmm. It means that I that we understand each other, mm-hmm. that I a lot of times I can tell what she needs before she needs because of the relationship we've built and it's also trust. She mm-hmm. knows that because of who I am and how I work, she can trust me to get things done. She doesn't have to follow up. She doesn't have to check on me. She knows that when I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have that because we established this great working relationship with mm-hmm. each other. And when you are talking about that establishing stage of a relationship, because, you know, I feel like the interview process is the interview process, right? And people yes. kind of say all of these really like, you know, altruistic, lovely, aspirational things, you know, all these like idealisms about this, that and whatever. And then you actually get into the job and it's like, oh, okay. So now, now like, you know, the shoes come off and we're letting our hair down. It's like, okay, so how do we, in those earliest moments of the relationship, how do you ensure that you get off on the right foot with somebody? Yes. Well, I actually have a slightly different view on that. I think my habits and me establishing those habits start in the interview. There's a lot of things that I lay out on the table during that interview because it's the it's who I am. Mm-hmm. Like this is a way that I work. Mm-hmm. Are we going to work well together? I feel like an interview is me interviewing her just as much as she or he is mm-hmm. interviewing me. Mm-hmm. So to me those habits like that to me establishes immediately honesty. That we I'm going to be candid. I'm mm-hmm. going to I'm not going to fluff too much. Mm-hmm. There's of course, a little fluff. Of course, some, you got to get a little the job. bit of fluffing. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I don't want to get a job right. based on my fluffing. Sure. And then you see me in the work environment, and that's not who I am. Right. I am a direct communicator. Mm-hmm. I I've been called brutally honest, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I mean that can be good and bad, but it is it is who I am. So I try to establish that up front. And I also like my work life. There is a balance that I need Mm -hmm. and I offer up information about my life. Mm -hmm. I am a single mother. Mm -hmm. With that um, comes a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. to me, that's that is part of my habit, right? Mm -hmm. That is it's my life cycle. So Mm -hmm. I need to establish that right away because that's going to be part of our relationship in the end. but once I'm in there, my thing to do with a new executive or whatever, we're going to meet weekly. And usually at first, I'm going to probably grab you 30 minutes every mm-hmm. morning mm-hmm. because I need to know how do you work? How mm-hmm. does this executive function? What is going to make them better? Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that at the end of the day, my my job, the real thing that my job is, is to make my executive like successful. Mm-hmm. So everything I do is going to be towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I need that information from the executive. So right away, I'm going to ask you, what are the priorities this week? What are, you know, your priorities at this company? Mm-hmm. Um, and and once I have a good grasp on that, then I won't maybe meet with her every day, but mm-hmm. I still consistently every week. Um, I also try to you know, one of the things I, I tell my executives is when I call you, mm-hmm. um, I'm important. Like, you got to answer me. And if I call you twice, that's yep. super important. So yep. you need to pick up. Yep. Um, unless, like, you know, obviously if they're on a flight or sure. or something. But 
I wouldn't call you, especially twice in a row, unless yep. unless there's something going on. Yep. Um, so I think for me, it, it really is a lot about just that candid conversation at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, what what do you need the most from me? Yep. I know the things of my job. I'm going to be scheduling meetings. I'm mm-hmm. going to be booking your travel. Mm-hmm. I'm going to track down your receipts. Like, those are the givens. Yep. That's, that's what this yep. role is. But what's not a given for me is those specific things and specific needs from that executive. Everyone yep. is different. Yep. So. so it sounds like a lot of what you're talking about, too, is, is setting the appropriate expectations at the, at the onset of the relationship, right? Yes. So, like, for instance, the example that you gave, which I think is a great one, is, you know, hey, like, if I'm calling you, it's not because I want to, you know, tell you about this nasty, you know, lunch I had or this new taqueria that I discovered. Like, there's, <laughs> there's something of importance right. as to why you're reaching out. And, and being able to also uh, advocate for yourself and, and being able to um, project and, and talk about your own importance and your own value. And it's yeah. like, well, hey, if we're going to work well together, like I need you to give me, you know, um, your time. I need you to be able to be responsive to me. So things like that. Yeah. Um, now, when typically would you have that conversation? Would that be like a, you know, like I'm, I'm curious about like in the onboarding process, like, in, like, like let's say it's your first week. Would you request a meeting with your executive and kind of outline some of these things or how does that actually happen? Definitely. I, I need that time. So I, I mean, my first day typically is onboarding, like mm-hmm. I'm getting my computer, mm-hmm. getting my logins, getting access to calendars. But I think within that first week, it is important to have that meeting. Mm-hmm. What am I doing here? Like what am, you know, other than scheduling meetings, but, you mm-hmm. know, what are your goals for me? What do you, what do you want to see me do mm-hmm. in my first mm-hmm two weeks, in my first 30 days, in mm-hmm. my first 60 days, mm-hmm. um, because I could decide that for myself. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm happy to make my own mm-hmm. decisions. But mm-hmm. again, if my end goal is making my executive successful, mm-hmm. then I need that information mm-hmm. from from them. Right. Right. Well, and, and I mean, there's that old saying of old habits die hard. And so I think yeah. it's really imperative that before something becomes a a negative habit right. and you and you get trapped into a mode of communication that is maybe not as effective or supportive or seamless as it could be that it's really important to you know um, set the expectations and lay the foundation on the at, at the beginning to ensure a positive working relationship. It's a lot harder to correct negative behavior than it is to establish good behavior from the beginning. It is. It is. And I think there's a lot of habits that we carry with us. I mean, Mm -hmm. there's a certain way that I manage a calendar, and that may not be the same way as another executive assistant manages a calendar. And those, to me, those things are like my kind of personal habits, Uh my my way of working. But in my, like, certain job habits and and the relationship habits that I need to have with my executive, they're going to change every time. So I have to keep an open mind and know that I I can't bring old habits with me. I worked for somebody else before. This is somebody different. This is someone new. Mm -hmm. And I think really... It, it took me time to learn that, you know, I need to have these candid conversations up front. I mean, mm-hmm. I can recall one of the first executives I worked with. She was tough mm-hmm. and she had a reputation for being tough through the company. Um, she had a reputation for being short with people. Um, and there was a day we were working in the office together. And I don't remember. I think I was filing things. This was a long time ago. Um, 
And because <laughs> we don't file anymore. I <laughs> worked at no, DocuSign. Right? Paper. Everything is exactly <laughs> yeah. it's all like, in the cloud now. <laughs> I literally was like, what the I was like, when's the last time you filed? Probably at this job that I'm talking about. <laughs> um, but in that day, I remember she said she said something to me. I don't remember exactly what, but it it was a little snippy, and I felt yeah. like she's talking down to me. Mm. And I turned around right away, and I mm-hmm. said, for us to work best together, we need to make sure that we have mutual respect. Mm. And it was it was a learning lesson for me because I didn't have those conversations early on of this is how like I communicate how do you communicate how are we going to communicate together so then I ended up in that kind of awkward situation of well I am a person also and I'm not going to you know I'm going to be treated with respect like we're here to help each other so that was a big lesson for me in how to create that kind of habit. Absolutely no and that's that's I love that story because there's a couple things about that one is the fact that you Okay, Oprah says this. Okay, you know I love Oprah. (laughs) Oprah says you teach people how to treat you, right? And so that's exactly what you're doing is, hey, first of all, this is what we need to be successful is we need mutual respect, right? And and I'm going to respect you. You also need to respect me. But the other thing, too, is you correct the bad behavior in the moment. And I think that that's also super important and powerful is that when things are allowed to go – unacknowledged there's sort of like a complicit thing that oh well maybe that was cool maybe the guy didn't mind when I barked at her because well she didn't say anything about it you make it okay right or she said something about it but it happened three weeks she said something three weeks later and it's already kind of like it's it's lost it's you know um that opportunity to have an impactful you know uh, reaction and to actually influence yeah. behavior has already kind of come and gone. It's like trying to discipline your kid a month later. They're like, I don't even remember what you're talking about. about that, that will never, that will never happen. <laughs> that will never work. <laughs> Says the two parents in the room. So, you know, it's like that's super important. So going back to Oprah for a moment. So you teach people how to treat you. So like what are ways and things that you've had to teach people about either, and it could be about how to be, how you need to be communicated with. It could be about response time. You know, you've touched on those two things. But what are other things that you've had to teach people about what you need as an individual and as a professional to feel um, supported and validated? And also, like, what is your advice for how to teach people um, to, to, to say those things? Because some people, as you said yourself, you know, you've been you have a reputation for being, quote unquote, brutally honest and, <laughs> and frank. So, you know, you may be somebody who's a little bit more comfortable being in that seat. Not everybody is as comfortable being vocal in that way. So I would love to understand, you know, first of all, what what things you've you've um you know, communicated to your executives around what, how you need to be treated and also how you did it and how you would advise others? I mean, it's hard. I haven't always been great at it. Like, it's, it's learning for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from, like, reading books on how to have candid conversations, I think mm-hmm. Radical Candor Radical is, candor, is yeah. one. Um, I've been through a lot of trainings where it's like feedback is most impactful if you give it right away. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I'm talking to an executive of, like, how I need to be treated or how I think the best way to work together, I'm, it, it's always a two-way conversation. I can say, you know, these are... These are ways that I've managed calendars in the past. Mm-hmm. I'm going to schedule your meetings for 45 minutes, not an hour, mm-hmm. because 
that's going to give you an instant break Mm -hmm. in your day. Mm -hmm. Um, That meeting might run over. It Mm -hmm. might end early. But if you've got that, that 15 minutes as a buffer time, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm never going to make a final decision, but I'm going to say, these are my ideas. What are your ideas? Mm -hmm. Um, And how do we come together to, you know, to, to get to the point where it works best for both of us. Right. And, and it's a lot about trust. And I can't teach somebody to trust me, right? That's showing somebody to trust me. So a lot mm-hmm. of it, I think, is that time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, do what you say you're going to do, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can't do that, say that right away, right when you know you can't do something. You need to say it. Where does boundary setting factor into all of this because I feel like you know when we're talking about setting up good productive work habits and communication habits with your executive I also think that this kind of dovetails into boundary setting yeah and the importance of that so what are your thoughts on that I mean, I think a lot of that, again, I do in my interview. Mm-hmm. Like, there's things that are non-negotiable mm-hmm. in my life, right? I think everybody has non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. Like, I am a mother. When my kid's school calls me because mm-hmm. she's sick, I mm-hmm. have to go. That's a, that is something I would consider a boundary. Like, you're, you're not going to be able to tell me I can't go. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I typically whether it be right or wrong, I offer that information before you hire me mm-hmm. because I don't think it's fair to either of us if I wait, you know, mm-hmm. they're right. That interviewer is not allowed to ask me, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's important for me. So I offer the information mm-hmm. um, and that I do before I accept a job mm-hmm. because I need to know, like, does my boundary match with your boundary? Mm-hmm. You know, and Mm -hmm. yes, I'm available at home and yes, I'm available. But, you know, if I'm putting my daughter to bed right then, are you going to be able to wait five minutes Mm -hmm. for me to reply to Mm you? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something that we need to know about each other. Mm -hmm. And then once I'm working somewhere, I feel like it's still it's just having those conversations and going through like events. Right. Mm -hmm. Something's going to happen and I'm going to see how that executive reacts They're Mm -hmm. going to see how I react. Mm -hmm. And hopefully if we've established our, you know, candid ability to speak to each other, then in that moment, that executive can say to me, like, hey, that doesn't really work for me when you do X, Y, Z. And I can hopefully adjust myself or, Mm -hmm. you know, or say, well, let me explain Mm -hmm. or you know Mm -hmm. what you're right I overstepped or I Mm -hmm. could have done this better like Mm -hmm. it's also I think admitting that I always have room to grow Mm -hmm. I am not perfect Mm -hmm. I tell my daughter I am but I'm not (laughs) perfect (laughs) (laughs) exactly you know that's nobody is right right? so realizing that I can always make a change for the better Mm -hmm. especially in different countries Companies mm-hmm. not companies are different, not mm-hmm. only executives. So a culture of one company is different than another. Mm-hmm. What works at one company doesn't work at another. So just always knowing that mm-hmm. those habits or mm-hmm. those relationships need to be fluid mm-hmm. because they change. Mm-hmm. And they change with time, too. If mm-hmm. my executive is new in their role, then there's going to be a lot more pressure and a lot more stress. And so the things that they need from me and the things that I have to consistently do are going to be different than an executive who may be there for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Then they are comfortable in their role or Mm -hmm. their role is, you know, established. So Mm -hmm. it's 
it's a different sort of habit and mm-hmm. relationship that, mm-hmm. you know, th- as that evolves. Right, right. So what if you've done a good job of, you know, being forthright in the interview process and talking about, you know, hey, these are my needs as a, as a, as a human being. You know, I have my daughter, I have this, I have these other outside commitments, yada, yada, yada. Hey, you know, if I'm not available between 8 and 10 p.m. to take a call with you, know that I will get back to you. But that's, you know, that's my carve out for my family or whatever, right? Yeah. Let's say you've done all that. Let's say you've you've had the conversation of, hey, you know, when I call you once, twice, it's because it's important. Or, hey, you need to talk to me with respect, all that kind of stuff. Um, have Have you had the experience of having set up these expectations and then just found that people were not honoring them. And maybe if, you know, if, if, if you have had that experience, you know, have you been able to somehow get that relationship back on track? Um, and if you haven't had that experience, but maybe somebody's dealing with that, one of our listeners is dealing with that and they're wondering, well, gee, like, I feel like I've tried these things, but how do I actually mend this relationship if I'm not getting that, that, that participation from my executive? Well, first, I think we like there's always exceptions to every rule. Right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if my time is eight to ten, but my boss missed her flight Mm -hmm. or something like urgent, that's an exception to Mm -hmm. that rule. And that's that's an like understandable step over that boundary. Totally. If it's a consistent thing, I mean, first for me, it's, it starts with that candid conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to schedule a meeting with you. Like, how many times has this happened? Mm-hmm. If it's one time. No biggie. No biggie. Mm-hmm. If it's consistently every night or twice a week or something that's too much for me, then I'm going to go ahead and schedule myself a meeting mm-hmm. and I'm going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work, at that point, am I evaluating like, is this right for me? Mm-hmm. And that seems brutal and that seems harsh, but as a, you know, we have to make those decisions for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like there is a limit to what everybody mm-hmm. should be willing to compromise to. Mm-hmm. And you have to decide what your limit is, mm-hmm. right? And that's a very personal choice. I right. don't think I could tell somebody, oh, yeah, you're there. Get out of sure. there. Right. You know, and situations are always different. We need our jobs, we need our paychecks, mm-hmm. like, you know, but. We also need, like, a healthy working environment. And if you're not getting that, my advice would probably be that it's time to start looking, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 both ways. Like, if my manager or boss is not getting what they need from me, they're not going to keep me. Mm-hmm. Why would I keep my boss if I'm not getting what I need from mm-hmm. them? Mm-hmm. You know, it's back to the mutual respect. Like, we're partners in this relationship. Right. It's not... In my mind, it's not like, you know, one over the other. We're partners. Right. Um, and just like in a in a personal relationship, right? Sure. If you're not getting what you need from somebody, you don't stay with that person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You break it off. So mm-hmm. what would be different in your workplace mm-hmm. aside from needing your paycheck? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which can be a compelling factor. That can be very sure. compelling. Yeah. But there's also, you know, there's yep. ways to get around that mm-hmm. sometimes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So... Ligaya, as we've been thinking and talking about, you know, how to set up a good, um, establishing a good work habit with your boss, I'm curious to know, you know, what do you consider to be the most effective partnership or relationship you've ever had with an executive? And more importantly, you know, what did you do to really ensure that that relationship got off on the right footing? 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, my most successful or the best relationship I've had with an executive is actually my current executive. Uh Um, I've worked for her for almost seven years now. I've followed her from a company to another company. Um, And I think, you know, back to me saying these things are established in an interview. Yeah. I go into every interview looking for those traits and those qualities and those things that are going to work for me and that I know, like, what are we going to get along? And my interview with her was one of the best I've ever had. Um, The people I interviewed with before, Uh all they were telling me about her, I was like, okay, what's what's she like? You know, what, what am I stepping into? And all they could tell me was she wears all black. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, okay, what does that mean? Should I wear all black? Like, I'm not sure, but uh-huh. okay. Um, and then as I was interviewing with her, I'd say within that first five minutes of the conversation, she dropped the F-bomb probably four or five times. Perfect. And instantly in my head, I was like, we're going to get along. I, I like this yeah, woman. We're going to get along. <laughs> and then for the rest of the interview, it was me in my mind saying, don't. Don't also drop the F-bomb. You cannot do that in your interview. Right. Like, you just wait. Right, right. Um, but so that that to me was like a big, oh, my gosh, okay, uh-huh. this, this could go somewhere. Uh-huh. Um, and then once I was hired, uh, again, I right away, like, let's spend some time together. Um, what are what are your goals? What are your priorities? Right. What are you trying to accomplish at this company? Right. I sat in on her leadership meetings. I, you know, sat, I mean, I honestly sat in on some calls, Mm -hmm. like, how do you work? How do you communicate with other people? Because if I'm communicating on your behalf, then I need to know, like, what are, what's your style? How can I match my style to your style or make sure my style complements your style so that, you know, if I have to speak on your behalf or I'm, I'm sending calendar invites on your behalf, I'm writing in those invites, like, Am I saying something that you would be okay with? Totally. I need to know that. And I'm I'm going to know that by shadowing you, uh-huh. talking to you, you know, doing those things. And honestly, our relationship is so great. Like, I followed her, which, mm-hmm. you know. That I, says everything. That yeah. says a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm incredibly loyal. Mm-hmm. Um, but we built trust mm-hmm. very quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's a point like I can honestly look at her in the face and I know when she's stressed out. Yeah. And I and there's days where I'm like, oh, man, I'm just going to go ahead and move some meetings for you because you need some thinking time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I know that this project is difficult or, you know, I know her well enough now that our habits like were in sync. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just that was time, that was trust, that was lots of conversations, that was, you know, me sitting in meetings to really, like, yeah. what is your role? What do you do? Right. Yep. You know? Well, you really took the time to delve into her, yeah. her sensibilities, her her work style, her communication style, so you could, one, like, really understand her, but two, also really, really be on brand with how she yeah. operates as an executive. Right. And I mean, and also we got to know each other personally, yeah. which I think, I mean, you naturally do in your job. You, you know, you learn things about your coworkers and you, you know, but a lot of your personality is outside of work and it yeah. affects how you work and what you do at work. So getting to know each other, like letting her know I have a daughter mm-hmm. and she let me know, oh, I have a daughter too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just some of those commonalities help, but it just helps you understand like, okay, so sometimes you're going to have to step out because something happens with mm-hmm. your daughter. Mm-hmm. Like those are things that I, I need to know and that help me, yeah. that help me help you. Yeah. 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 
Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but her word of advice for you today was to drop the F-bomb, was it not? It was. <laughs> it was. Again, one of those reasons why we get along. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and these conversations are hard. Mm-hmm. I'm not, they're not easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's not easy to go in and tell some, like, big executive of a company, like, sure. hey, little me over here, I'm going to run your life, and mm-hmm. I know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. That's hard to do. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that comes easier with time and mm-hmm. it comes easier with practice. Mm-hmm. I'm a big person. Like I will call my sister on the phone and I'm like, pretend like you're, Aww. you know, sister role plays. Oh, my oh, sister is my best, best friend. She's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> she's an art teacher. So she's I a little crazy, it. but, um, <laughs> it's, it's anybody, right? It's your best friend sure. or your former boss or yeah. a colleague. Right. Let's, let's role play. Right. Help me practice what I need to say and and tell me what I could say better. Yeah. Like, do am I coming off as like pretentious mm-hmm. or am mm-hmm. I coming off as meek? Right. Like, help right. me practice. And yep. then and it is it really just takes time and it takes doing it over and over and over. You know, that first conversation I told you about was super awkward. And it was it was a little hard for me to say, but I also knew. Mm-hmm. That I don't, I don't want to be disrespected. Right. You know, now right. I've done it a few times sure. and it's easier for me to be like, hey, buddy, yeah. no. Yeah. Well, what? and out of curiosity, since you brought up that story, what happened with that relationship after you corrected that behavior? Did it end up becoming a positive relationship? It became a very positive relationship. And it got to the point when I finally left that company, she did not want me to go. Yeah. Like that, those first couple months before we had that um encounter mm-hmm. I don't think she would have would have asked me to stay mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. because she I don't think she would have asked anybody to stay mm-hmm. and I think that she did gain a lot of respect for me because I right. I don't think a lot of people told her right no right and I think for her it was like oh yep she's you know she's tough right we we talk about this in our own business as well um of recruiting, but it's like when you respect yourself, people will respect you in turn. Right. And I think that sometimes that's sort of an, a counterintuitive concept to get, but uh, it, it's 100% true, right? That it's yeah. like if you don't have standards for how you expect people to show up uh, and engage with you then, you know, why, why shouldn't they kind of go run amok, right? It, yeah. It's like there's, you have to establish those SLAs um, for what's most meaningful. Yeah, and that's kind of like I said, I'm interviewing a company or mm-hmm. an executive while mm-hmm. they're interviewing me. Yep. Like, do I think this person is open to to the type of relationship that works well for me and that would hopefully work well for them? And am I open to the relationship that they need? Like, yep. that's... Interviews, I think, are are a two-way street. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think habits begin there because Mm -hmm. we all have our established things. We have our ways. That executive has ways that are non-negotiable. Right. Like, there's things they need that are non-negotiable. Yep. Am I flexible to that? Like, that's what they're trying to find out for me, right? Yep. And I have my non-negotiables. Yep. So, do they they mix, right? Do my current habits mix with your habits right. so that we can establish those things that together work best. Yep. Yep. And well, that's the beautiful thing about coming into your own as yeah. a, 
as a fully like actualized, confident human being of just being like, you know what? This is who I am. This is what I represent. And these are what my needs are. And and then ultimately the final step of being able to know what all of that is and then to be able to speak to it and speak on it. Right. Yeah. So to to recap for our listeners, if you were to give them kind of the top three things that you would encourage them to to do or to think about in order to make sure that this relationship gets off on the right foot, mm-hmm. what would those three takeaway things be? If you don't already know your boundaries, figure out what your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. that's that's one thing. What are your non-negotiable habits or or ways that that are just non-negotiable? Really determine what that is for you. And it's got to be those essential things. You can't be like, well, I want a vacation, you know, five weeks out of the year. That's, you right. know, maybe not the right thing to ha- be your boundary. Right. And the the next thing is there's exceptions to every rule, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, my boundary is my time is 8 to 10. But if my boss is standing at the airport and mm-hmm. she missed her flight, I need to help her. Yep. Um, and then the third one is that everything is fluid. Mm-hmm. Like as time changes, habits change. Mm-hmm. As you grow in your role, your habits change. As your executive grows in their role, their habits change. So remembering that change is the constant, that things have to be fluid, I think that's really important. There's a question that we like to ask everybody. If you could support anyone in the world as an executive assistant, who would, it, who would you pick and why? Is this anyone currently in the world? It could be anybody. It could be the dinosaurs. Like, it doesn't have to be modern day. <laughs> I mean, my current would be like, Barack Obama, can I please like, can I just please? be around you? I right. will do, I will change all Anything. my habits. <laughs> <laughs> I'll throw all my habits out the window for <laughs> we'll you. Start afresh. We'll start afresh. Yeah, totally. um, but throughout history, I think I've actually thought about this before. Yeah. Um, Admiral Byrd, and he was a, oh. a commander in the Navy. Okay. He... Um, it was like World War II time. He did a lot of like he was in, did a lot of expeditions to like the North Pole and the South Pole. One of his claims to fame is like the first person to fly over the North Pole. Um, and it seems super random. I know <laughs> it is kind of random, but my grandmother was his secretary. No way. She was. So and she was his EA. She was his EA, which was called secretary. This then, is which a, is right, like totally. whatever. This is a family legacy. It is. But then I think about like she had an amazing life, right? She had so many adventures and such a great life. And I'm like, well, I mean, maybe if I was his secretary, then uh-huh. I would have those adventures and that amazing life. And How interesting. You know. Did you get to grow up with her and hear her stories? I did. I mean, we never lived in the same state. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it was grandparents in the summer and grandparents at Christmas. And right. um, like her and my grandfather, their whole story is just amazing. I mean, they met and married three days later. Wow. And they were together for over 50 years so it's just like role model in a lot of ways but then again from career wise like how cool is that like you know again admiral bird super random but if you look him up like (laughs) there's all these accomplishments that he had like he tried to be the one to make the first transatlantic flight from the u.s to france yeah he didn't he wasn't able to do that but he sure did try and you know just a lot of of really cool 
cool things. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> It's definitely a first for us. I love it. You're like, who is Admiral Bird? <laughs> Everyone's going to be on Wikipedia after this looking up Admiral <laughs> <Yeah>. Bird. <laughs> you'll see. You'll see. That's great. Well, thank you, Lagaya. This has been really, really helpful, I think, for a number of people who struggle with you know, how to um, advocate for themselves in a new role and, and really want to and aspire to you know, being able to um, speak to their needs and really like setting themselves up to be successful. So I think just being able to like let people yeah. know, hey, it's okay. In fact, it's encouraged, and in fact, it's beneficial yeah. to do these things. And and ultimately, it's in the, the the service of not only you but in your executive's best interest as well. Yeah. So I think there's been a lot of really valuable um, takeaways that you've been able to share. Thank you. So thank you. It's been a yeah. pleasure. That was fun. Thank you. Reach is brought to you by Maven Recruiting Group, who specializes in placing executive assistants and support staff to the Bay Area's most prominent executives and companies. You can learn more about Maven at www.mavenrec.com. Mm-hmm.